0: All right. Well, welcome back uh, to Live Courageously podcast show number 16 and the first one of 2023. I'm John Duffy. I'm the creator and the host. And uh, this show started in December of 2021 when I got the strong feeling one night to start a podcast show while I was in Calgary, Canada, filming and producing a film Left Behind with director Kevin Sorbo. Incidentally, uh, left behind is Aaron in theaters uh, this January 26th to January 29th. You can check it out on Phantom Events to find out where it's playing in your city. Anyway, I felt a strong need at that time to share the stories of some of the amazing courageous friends that I'm honored to know and have in my life. And uh, I chose the title Live Courageously because that's been the conscious theme of my life for the last three years since the beginning of the pandemic and it's been an unconscious theme for most of my life. So if you haven't seen the previous 15 podcasts with some of my amazing friends sharing their powerful stories of overcoming all odds and going on to live their best lives, you can watch them on my John Duffy YouTube channel. I recommend you check them out and binge watch them. It's better than Netflix, really, really it is. And you get free doses of inspiration and courage. So this show is about faith over fear. I believe fear is just a reaction and courage is a choice. And I suggest that you consciously choose courage to get through life and to deal with the many um, things that life throws at you in the future. So I encourage you to adopt the spirit of courage in the face of any and all fears. So let me introduce you today to my guest and a great friend, Lou Simon. Lou is somebody who has lived a very courageous life. Lou is a 20 year plus veteran in the entertainment industry, with well over 100 credits to his name as a stuntman, a stunt coordinator, a precision driver, a second unit director. He's also acted in over a dozen films. And in the past several years, Lou has pursued his passion as a writer, a director and a producer with projects that focus on what he calls an emotional journey. So Lou recently created and produced a seven episode docu-series titled Game Ready. And he produced that during uh, the period of COVID. And it's about a a woman's softball reality series that can be found on YouTube uh, today. You can find it uh, just by going, looking for Game Ready. And he had Tom Brady narrate one of the episodes on the um, docu-series. Uh, Lou has recently formed a nonprofit called Game Ready Enterprises and is building a third year of a woman's softball, uh, summer softball league. Lou is also a husband and a parent. And uh, we're gonna discuss all that with Lou today, so greetings, Lou. Welcome, welcome to hey. live. Courageously, my friend, my goodness, what a uh, what an intro! It's a lot of pressure on me there, John. Hey, the pressure just starts, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. You
0: know, well, welcome to the show. I mean, you've had a uh, long and courageous life, and I'm uh, honored and blessed to ha- call you a, a friend and a brother. So I'm glad to hey. have you kick off 2023.
1: Happy 23 and thank you for the invite. Uh, looking forward to it. We've known each other for, uh, for a year or two, I, I guess, huh? Uh,
0: yeah, it's been a while. What We're, well, we're going to get into where we, uh, how long we've known each other in a minute. Matter of fact, I always like to start the show off with two things. One is, uh, how did we meet? Do you remember the first time? What was the project that brought us together and started a uh, lifelong uh, connection between us?
1: Well, I think we met before 2001, but the first project we did together was 2001 on a movie called Outlaws.
0: Okay, was Outlaws the first one or was Wasabi Tuna?
1: Outlaw was the first one. Wasabi Tuna came after.
0: You're right, you're right. So, um, better than mine, that's why I bring you on.
1: And it was uh, with Michael Madsen as one of the stars on it. And uh, it was certainly challenging. But, you know, hey, that's what creates forget memories and good friendship at the end of the day.
0: Right. And that was uh, it was a very, very challenging. And uh, that was the first one that brought us together. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the other because we've done a series of other films together since then. We'll, we'll jump into that later. But um, the other question I like to start off to show uh, and then we'll get into your journey is what does live courageously mean to you and what has it meant in the, in the previous period of your life, especially,
1: you know, I was thinking about that right before we came on, uh, the title of your show and and the things that you do. And I think it's taken me what that word courageous means, um, it's taken me probably going into my late twenties to thirties to kind of understand even what the word is. It's never been something for me that thinking, okay, today I want to live courageously. You know, I want to do that. I think it's just a matter of um, uh, being fearless and going outside yourself to help others, and and leave yourself behind it and see what you can do to help others. And with that takes a process. And it just is that courageous step of going forward without fear of failure or fear of attack or fear of, oh, yeah, I might, do so, I might do something wrong or offend somebody. I, I think it's all of those kind of things um, of what that meaning courageously is. And I think it, everybody has a different way of um, living that life. You know, uh, I had my life. Uh, The way it was presented to me is different than what yours was or somebody else's. I think there's so many courageous aspects to life today and people, uh, especially with our technology today, we can see this firsthand with so many different people, living courageous lives. So I think I'm just blessed to be where I'm at at this moment from the life that I started to where I'm at now.
0: Well, that's a good way to start it off, and maybe what you can share with uh, the audience is a little bit of your uh, life uh, journey against adversity, where it started. You know who you are, who you became, and because c- you had some unique experiences. I mean, where you live part of your life, and I'm going to put up a couple of pictures. What was in a place I never even heard of. Um, so. You know, just take us a little bit about the beginning and some of the overcoming of adversity that you had to get you to be who you are today,
1: Lou. Sure. You know, it's I was born here in in L.A. County, and at four years old, I was sent to an island called Mauritius Island. For those who don't know where it's at, it's off the coast of Madagascar and right off of South Africa. It's a little dot in the Indian Ocean, and it's home of the dodo bird. So you have to figure out what is a dodo bird, go find it. And um, so to make it simply what it really is, it really was at that time an undeveloped island of like Hawaii. It was like an undeveloped Hawaii to what Hawaii was. And so uh, it was an incredible time. I was there from four to eight years old. And from sunrise, I was pretty much out um, checking out the island. At four years old, five years old with friends. I went to school there a little bit. Um, so that was for four years and I came back to San Diego, uh, lived there. And then I came back when I was about eight years old. And this is to me is where, where the interesting part of my life really kind of begins more on an emotional side of just that, oh, there's, there's a curveball, so to speak, um, unexpected. And that's when I found out I was adopted. So at eight years old. Uh, basically, it was a discussion that happened in the hallway between uh, my mother and, and my father, uh, what thought was my biological parents. And basically, he said, "Hey, didn't you tell him I'm not his real uh, I'm not his real father?" At that moment, that's when I found out I was adopted. So, um, so after that sequence happened, I was sent back to Mauritius probably for another six months or so, and I came back when I was. Uh, Early teens, and I came back here, uh, back to San Diego, which eventually moved back to, and I came back to Orange County after that. So, but what's interesting about this island is it's predominantly French and, and what they call Patois, which is a broken French, which is like slang. So, for those period of years, I learned that language from that early adolescent year when I came back to San Diego, came back to the United States, I had that language. And so, even though I was born here, then I ended up going to school, speaking, kind of figure out what is English, what's French. And it was all that broken thing. So, it was a very interesting, that first stage of my life was just that who am I? Who do I belong to? What am I doing? So, that was that first period of that whole thing. So,
0: well, that's a unique, I mean, I put up a picture of the island. And like you said, it's off the coast of Africa, and that is. A- and and you know i know for myself i had never heard of it until i met you and you shared your story with me and um i got a chance to know a little bit about you know your background and you know you had a chance to tell me some of that so you know you had a unique upbringing and obviously a unique thing and, and we met um Oh, I don't know if we we didn't meet on it, but it was one project I know that you had put together that you wrote and you put together some early stuff called The flip side, which was kind of based on another part of your life and some of the things that you overcame. And you told it in that story. And I know it's a project you have kind of revisited. But tell us a little bit about that other challenge, because you didn't have a life of uh, ease. Let's put it this way. It wasn't like everything went smoothly in life. And that's kind of why. I love to hear the stories of people like yourself uh, who overcome adversity to get where you get, because, you know, I think those are the things that inspire us that, you know, it is about overcoming adversity to get to a place and you have to, you have to overcome. So go ahead, tell Mm -hmm. the the audience a little bit about that, Lou. Well,
1: after I found out about the adoption, it, it, it created kind of a confusing state for me was like, well, if I'm adopted, then who, who do I belong to? And and so and, and it was very and, and back in those days we didn't have all the technology to say to start digging into find out ancestors and different things. We didn't have the internet like we have now to be able to do some of the homework and find out about behavior patterns and 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 today adolescence those early childhood development years are the most important in, in children. They're the most important. And so if that's not if don't take a hold of those things, they can quickly get out of control. So after I came back here. United States and early um, I found myself in a very difficult in a very difficult space of am I American am I not American am I gonna be accepted not accepted and I came in with a very strong accent back to the United States and as an only child an adopted child um, I often kids came after me basically and so I did what I did what I what I knew I would do was basically fight and that was throughout my teens of create basically, of defending myself, of constant fighting. And I did that going up to, I'd say, probably in my early teens, um, got into that whole mode, and also we weren't wealthy. So the hardship, financial hardship, just creating uh, a stable, trying to create a stable environment for me with my mother um, at the time. And it was, you know, it wasn't just because of the one initial adopted parent. It was a couple, two, two, three different divorces that went in that process. So just from eight years old to about early teens, you know, I had known to have had three fathers in that period of time. Now, I easily could have said, hey, oh, me or my, feel sorry for me. Um, You know, look at me and the hardship and start blaming people. But I didn't take that route. Um, I think probably faith in God probably helped me in that process. Uh, but it was very difficult from that, John. And um, going in through that, it wasn't until, until I had that office over at Sunset Gower Studios, or even before that, as I started writing that script flip side. And I think from my initial, for me, was initially to try to figure out who was I. And what is, if there are other people like me, if I'm like who I am, there's got to be other people like me as well. And that's when I started looking at doing it a homework, you know, and, and start looking about why are there like 2 million people in prison today? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? So I wanted to have a clear understanding of what happens in adolescents and children. Why does some go this way? Some go that way. And the hardship, the things that goes in between was important for me to understand that and kind of figure out where I came from and what's to try to understand me. When I look in the mirror, what is it do I see? You know, who am I? And that was a big part of writing that script flip side, was really to try to understand the mental, just understand from it started from from four four years old to where I am in my twenties. What's the good, what's the bad? What's the, where's the blame game? What have I done to better myself? Versus taking and making excuses what can I do to take the things that happen to me to turn bad into good? And so, because I had one choice. And to me, I just learned. I said, well, I can go this way or this way. What choice do I have here? I want to have a good life. But at the end of the day, I need to work hard for it or don't make excuses. And so I think learning, seeing those kind of things, and that's when it just clicked for me. I said, look, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down my way. And I want to do everything possibly I can and leave it all out there, everything I got to do. So when I got into the entertainment industry and started working as a STEM, and that's one of the first things I said, look, you, this, is, this is not a place to be fearful. This is a place to be fearless. If you're going to go out there and do a scene, a fight sequence, you got to go all out. You can't baby this. You got to train, prepare, preparation, and execution. So those are the, some of the things to me I, when I was able to take and gather and figure out how can I make sense of my past to create a positive future. So it was really had to start with me having, a, a, identity to just understand, you know, what is Lou? What, what is that, you know? Um, so I think it just started with trying not to make excuses, John, and learn, work hard, and if every single day just to really put 150% of what I did and just that sense of just never quit. So.
0: You know, you covered a lot of good points, I think, for the audience. And, and obviously, one is the po- uh, choice that you have a choice, you can go this way, or you can go that way. And, you know, for a lot of us, especially if you start on the bottom, like yourself or like myself, you know, and for a lot of people who do start on the bottom, you always do have People don't realize sometimes that they have a choice. They think they don't, but they always do. We all have a choice. And we can go in one direction or we can go in the other direction. At any moment, the choice we make will define us potentially forever. Um, but at least partially, you know, for a while. And you you kind of had that point. And you, you know, like I know in my life, sometimes you move in. Two directions at the same time. You're doing. You're moving in a positive direction, part of you, but part of you is still moving in a negative direction, and it's getting all getting congruent with the positive direction that changes your life. So for you, what was you know you you when right before you get into the film industry, and then we'll pivot into the film industry period. What were the thing? What was going one way, the wrong way, and what was the thing that got you to go the right way? What was was there that decisive moment for you? Or a series of decisive moments. Well,
1: one thing that really helped is I got involved with sports, athletics. You know, in high school, I played. You know, I played a year of basketball, but for the most part, I played four years of football and uh, four years of baseball. You know, so I went through athletics, and I think that really helped as far as out of the classroom mode onto the field and and taking instructions from coaches. I didn't really have a father figure. So to me, those coaches became my father figure. And it was, it was to me, it was an eye opener to see this, this, uh, this person, you know, barking and taking and that. And to me, that's what I needed. I needed that sergeant. I needed that, that Marine to sit there and just grind me because that's what I needed to push me to kind of figure out what I was about, you know, to kind of just shake those things out of me. And kind of just figure a direction so from high school i ended up going to jitter college and i ended up playing football and eventually i ended up going to four-year and playing baseball um so those pieces were a big part of it um i end up i think more some of my friends will argue that i was a better football player than baseball player but um and they might be watching today but um (laughs) Uh, I I think one of the big things, John, when I was making a transition from college to pro, I mean, to to the entertainment industry as a stuntman was my lack of attention, lack of discipline, um, and and just to finish through in my college career sports. I think that was the biggest thing I wish. I didn't quite have um, enough of a foundation for me to just focus from start to finish. All those sports allowed me to get a structure and allowed to get me some discipline. But I think that was one of the disappointments because I had scouts. I had professional scouts there to give me their their, uh, their, their business card at the time um, to pursue professional baseball. And I knew I could hit. I knew I had all the pieces that I needed to, but I did not take it with absolute discipline. So, when that fell apart, as far as when I finished my college career, um, I basically sat back and said, Why did I, How did I just let this thing go? I had an opportunity of a lifetime. How did I just let this thing just throw away? And so, what I did basically then is regroup and I say, Okay, if I'm going to pursue a career in the entertainment industry, um, I cannot let, uh, I cannot do things 50%. I cannot do things 75%. Um, I need to prepare and I need to go, no matter what it takes, I cannot be at a situation of, well, I could have made it. I tried to make it. I didn't want that. I did not want to leave that behind, especially coming from the background. And that's one of the things I think looking back, I said, wow, I went through all this craziness. How can I let this thing go? How can I let this particular dream fall apart when it was right in front of my face and, uh, you know, hanging out with friends while well, I could have been more in a weight room or on the field and hitting after practice, I could have done a lot more than those kind of things versus um, allowing the distraction to get the best of me. So basically after I got out of college, um, uh, I started going into taking some acting classes and got into the And that's when I started learning a little bit more as far as emotions. And I started with the acting classes. I started on tapping into that particular world as far as all the different emotions that goes with what we do as far as filmmakers, right? From crying to anger and how to get that out. Um, I was an introvert for the most part. I was kind of shy, believe it or not. Um, I wouldn't get up and and give a speech. Uh, Even in high school, I'd rather take an F versus getting in front of a class.
0: Same here, man, I identify (laughs) 100%. Believe it or not, nobody can tell it right now about either one of us, but yes, indeed. you know. So it was a kick in the butt to say, okay,
1: you didn't do this. You were shy. You're not doing this. You took this, whatever may happen. Here you are. And it was push, you know, and that was, I would say, the starting stage of getting me out of my comfort zone of really going out there. And that's when I learned all the different things, starting with the entertainment industry. As far as writing, I was not a writer. I was probably the worst writer on the planet. That's for sure. Writing was, was don't even bother. Don't give me anything to write because it ain't going to happen. So, um, but reading scripts, uh, learning what dialogue was all about, lurking, learning the foundation, lurking, learning all what makes a good story. I think all those things are such valuable things. And I just, I was just the sponge, uh, John, just to learn as many things as I can. And I had some good people around me to help support that as well.
0: Well, you know, you, you, Going into a new, and like you say it right there, getting outside your comfort zone. And I think that's, besides making a choice, you made a choice, you kind of summed up that in college, if you had put in more work instead of being distracted, you might've went even further down that path. But that's sometimes what happens if we make the wrong choice and we get distracted or we go down the wrong path, it affects the the potential for what we can accomplish. So once you got into the uh, film industry, And and I just put up your IMDB, which is your resume, which over a hundred movies that you've been involved in, in all kinds of levels as a stunt coordinator. And like we talked earlier, you know, you work with me on the, um, the movie uh, with Michael Madsen, uh, the first time we connected and you were my stunt coordinator on that movie. But so you went down that path and now you started to learn and you started to use your skill sets in particular, in, in, you know, in the field of being a, a stunt person, being a stunt coordinator, which for those who don't know is a very physical, risky, Uh, uh, potentially risky. I mean, you try to keep it as safe. You try and keep people as safe as possible, but you're doing things that uh, you're taking risks at at all times. So you got to be somebody who's comfortable with risk-taking as opposed to somebody who's trying to stay in that comfort zone. So that's a little bit. So take us a little bit on that journey, and then I'm going to pivot over to some of the the, the stuff of what you are doing today, but but before you do that, I'm going to throw up a picture because you know just for the audience, I didn't tell I didn't tell Lou this because I I was like you know I had to surprise him. He didn't always look this way before he met me and we worked on a movie. This was another point of this is Lou from, from another lifetime. Um, <laughs> um, that's
1: what I have. That's my good side, John. Right? You know that's that's what I you know.
0: You've come a long way from that moment, man. I'm telling you. Um, but Lou, Lou, Lou has done so many different things in his life. And obviously that was just one of the more uh, interestingly looking things that he did. But tell us a little bit about Lou, you know, all, all the or ones that maybe stand out, some of the more challenging ones or interesting ones for people who don't know what the world of stunt uh, work, stunt coordinating, a precision driving, all the stuff you've done.
1: Well, look, the world as the stuntman. is is It's all calculated risk. You know, you're not there to be a daredevil. You're 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 there to do the work. You're there to do a professional job, and you're here to get home safely. And as a stunt coordinator, your job is to get everybody home safely. You know, it's it's a career. Um. So, but the mindset of a stuntman is you can't go out there and and and, and do anything fifty percent. If you start thinking about doing things fifty percent, this is not for you don't do it, you know? Um, so, but it's all about preparation. You know, it, it really is. Whether you're preparing to drive, doing car chases, where you're doing a fight sequence, you're doing a scare fall or fire burn, you have to know what you're doing. You cannot go out there and say, well, I'm going to get paid. I'll learn on the set. It's not the time to learn when you're out there performing a job and 100% with the emotions that goes behind it and all the safety. so. For me, I never looked at a job was one easier than the other. I really never did because things can change, as you know, on the set. We're going to do things a little differently. We're going to change this. We're going to do a little different angle. And it's not one time. And all of a sudden you're doing 15 takes from different angles and different cameras. And every single time you better hit your mark at the same time, the same punch, the same fall. So all those particular things are really critical when it talks about doing those things on a daily basis, you know, whether you're there for eight hours or you're there for 17 hours, you know, um, you have to have the mindset to going in and that's that fearless, that's that courageous sequence. The picture you just showed up was actually from, from the show Fear of the Walking Dead. And um, one of actually the first time I ever worked on that show was with my good friend Nito who actually lives in Irvine. Uh, He's a stuntman stunt coordinator and we met at the train station, and we got on the train. And I had no idea he lived in Irvine, so that was another story. Um, we uh, rode the train to Rosarita Beach, and we performed a stunt sequence where we come off a two-story, um, uh, two-story platform over the railing onto the floor. I bite off somebody's nose, bite off somebody's finger, I, I gouge out my eyes, I get my eyes gouged out, and that was a long day. You know that was that was just part of that day, and so what's interesting about uh, those kind of things, John, is is I don't necessarily remember so much about all the different uh, gags, but it's really about the people that I've interacted with more so than any. Uh, but that picture, remember that? Um, uh, did a scene on SWAT with jumping out of a helicopter, fast roping. Uh, I remember that was a little bit of a of kind of a butterfly effect in my, in my gut only because somebody got injured the take mm. before. And so um, I was like the second team to go into the helicopter and got briefed in a helicopter uh, before the action took place. So but every every scene is really unique itself, you know, and, and this 20 plus years. Um, I've lost some friends in, in the process from the stunt community, which we're all pretty tight. We all pretty much know each other, and it's never uh, it's never a good day when anybody gets injured, and certainly when a life is lost as well. And that's been a process. That's part of the reality of uh, that happens. And I've got hurt once, in New Mexico, dropping off a ledge um, by twenty feet, uh, busted my shoulder, and that happened when when my my daughter was a few months old, and that was her first trip to New Mexico, and sitting down in the sling. <laughs> so so, but nevertheless, um we 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 pulled through, had some morphine that night, and then the next day went and we did a little fire burn with a busted shoulder. So, you know, the show has to go on and we get through it. But um look, I, I've been blessed to be here healthy um 20 plus years. You know, here I am talking to you today. So oh,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna throw up a couple of the movies that we worked on, but I you know, what you're saying, all that, and because then I want to pivot to the stuff that's going on today to, to really get into that. Um, but, you know, one of the things I remembered on that first movie that we worked to and why we connected and we became friends and we continued to work together, but also be but, but be deeper than than just people who worked on a movie as a stunt coordinator was I appreciated that you were about you were uh, you were quiet. You were a, a leader and you were about solving problems and coming up with solutions and mm-hmm. you you just had that that attitude that no matter what the problem was going to be you were going to find a solution and you were going to do it in a calm and leadership way not in somebody who was going to get all emotional or create drama and do all <laughs> that stuff that uh unfortunately too many people in the film industry do um so you weren't that guy and you were the guy who i knew that you know you'd have you'd have everybody's back and and we could have your back and that you were you were going to make it, it work every time. So that's why I, I was honored to have worked with you that time and open up that door to create that relationship. You know, we went on to work on, I'm um, just going to throw up a couple of quick movie pictures. Um, this was uh, Wasabi Tuna, which was the last movie that Anna Nicole Smith worked in mm-hmm. before she passed away, unfortunately. Um, and we worked on that. And then we did another one, uh, Left Behind, uh, Left in Darkness, excuse me, mm-hmm. Left in Darkness that we did. And then we also did just recently, the most recent one was Paradise Cove um, Mm -hmm. that you did. And this is a picture with uh, us, with the director, Martin Gigi, and the AD hanging behind us being funny. Um, (laughs) So that was, uh, you know, so we've done a series of movies and we've, you know, crossed paths on so many other ways as well. Um, But that's a little We did one more that you didn't mention.
1: This poster right behind us over here. This was Ah. December 20th. 2009 it was a commercial that we did and you came out and you volunteered your time and your efforts and all as a producer to help us uh, produce this commercial uh for rosemary's children's services which is about was for uh, neglected and um uh, children's been abused sexually so um so that was that was huge in fact your daughter was in there as well and i believe i think it was with her pony is that right
0: no, uh, she was on the uh, the baseball field, but she was riding at the time. She was, uh, That's right. she was an equestrian and she was riding. Equestrian gear, Yes, right. Yeah, so equestrian gear. And uh, and, and I, I acted in it for you, I helped you with it. And like you said, it was a public service announcement for a nonprofit. And that was so cool because you were volunteering your time, I volunteered mine. And, and that was the other spirit that you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier too, It's which is gonna lead to what you do today but it's that spirit of serving others and being of service to make things better for others. And you're right, thank you for reminding me of that because that was a kind of, um, in some ways, better than all the other ones because it, it was a, about doing something good for people. And and that was something that you created.
1: There you are, right there, you're in that picture. There you are, right there with the girl right. First AD, and there's Maddie and the special effects person. There you are right there. You're basically telling me, Lou, you can't do that, you gotta do this shot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, hey it, it was it was a, a a good time and we've gone on to you know I'm just, i've just up some other pictures we've gone on to do some stuff together and this was a, a picture of a, a event whoops i keep hitting it too fast that we went to and this was a picture of us um all dressed up looking better than his uh, monster look um <laughs> and, and that's just another picture of us uh, uh as well so pretty yep. pretty cool stuff we've done a bunch of things but what i like to do Cause we got like, you know, about a half hour and I really want to get you caught uh, us caught up and the audience caught up to what you're doing today. Cause you're still working, you're still writing, you're still producing, you're still doing the film stuff. You're still doing the stunt coordinating stuff. But you've also, once again, pivoted into another field and it started with you, uh, obviously your love of sports, your love of softball, coaching teams, girls uh, softball teams, coaching your daughter and then creating a, um, reality series of girls softball called Game Ready. So why don't you tell us about that pivot and, and a little bit about that, because I think that takes us to some, once again, stuff that you're doing today, but making such a special contribution for these young uh, women's lives. So why don't you start to share that with the audience? And then I'll put up a couple of pictures as we do that.
1: Sure. Playing baseball all these years and playing college baseball. And then I have my daughter. I wasn't so, um, up as far as what happens with female sports and especially with with softball. So when Maddie started playing softball uh, and when she started getting, I think this was her first year 12U uh, travel ball team that she was involved. I started hearing a lot of parents talk about girls, about college scholarships. And she must've been in seventh grade, eighth grade, somewhere around, somewhere around that world, sixth grade, sixth to seventh grade. And I couldn't understand why they were talking about college scholarship when these kids weren't even in high school. <laughs> so, so back then the rules were basically you could get a college scholarship as early as seventh grade, eighth grade. Like the, now it's gone into your junior year in high school. But and I just thought, well, this is interesting. That was that opened up a whole new world for me, John. Where I'm like, okay, so these a lot of these parents are are out here not just to play the sport, but they're all trying to get scholarships. So the more I looked into this I thought wow okay so what is the percentage of these girls getting scholarships in college and for a full ride and it's like 2%. I found it's like 2% and it actually was a thing going around saying so that you're the 2 percenter. and yeah. I'm like 2% I go we can just go to Vegas is a better percentage <laughs> so wow. like what is all this so when I started looking at it I thought wow what an underdog story these these kids are uh, getting up at 5 in the morning and they're playing a game. They're traveling an hour and a half. They're playing games at 8 o'clock in the morning. And sometimes they're not done until sunset. And they're doing this every single weekend. And then during a the weekday, they have workouts. And from pitching lessons, hitting lessons, fielding lessons, hitting, I mean, all these different things. I thought, wow, what is what is this? So it, it started through seeing this process and seeing how much my daughter is into this world you know is this something she wants to do is she motivated she passionate and that's something that my wife and i've always checked on her and said hey are you having fun at this do you enjoy this we never were the parents ever forced maddie to play in any kind of sport we just offered it to her you know she played tennis she also danced so it was a thing for her since dad i like this and so i said okay well let's keep going and it wasn't until probably when I started, when she continued to make her move and joined the Batbusters, when I started knowing another different level of training and the coaching staff and just how that went, I thought, wow, look at all, there's so many, and there were so many stories. People would literally fly out of state to come to Orange County over a weekend to practice and play and fly back on Sunday night. You know, or take a two and a half, three hour drive to the field and a three hour drive back home on a Saturday. And I just thought, and and all this is for 2% to get a scholarship. So that's when the game ready concept really began. And I really talked, I talked to a lot of people in the industry um, of raising funding and developing, and just like, we got to tell this story. This story has to be told somehow, some way. And so um, within that process, I got great support from people like Brent Denio, um, who's the owner of Explosion, Mike Stith, the owner of Batbusters, Busters, um, and, and people like Marty Tyson, Dave Mercado. And these these individuals really came out and lending a hand and trusted me to tell a good story of what this world was all about, of these kids competing for a scholarship by just, playing and going all out and willing to share every effort they have and just that word courageously fearlessly I saw this in them and and I thought wow look at this and I think this goes back to a little bit about me of how I started was just seeing me through them and seeing what they do of just the relentless of not quitting not giving up and I just said this is a story I have to do I have to do this Um and so I did. And we I got support from uh uh, you came out, a friend named Richard, uh, Martin came out and offered his services for free, and he lives about two hours away. And so um with the support of these organizations, like I said, Batbusters, Dave Mercado, Marty Tyson, uh Brent and I these people offered the support for me, just access access to go ahead and have the cameras rolling. And tell a good story and we're very fortunate to be able to put these things together and and it's been received well
0: so. well i'm going to show in a minute um a video of uh game ready that you did from your youtube series and um and then you can talk a little bit about it but i just want to you know tell you i, I and once again speaking about living courageously and and uh dealing with fear that a good part of this was happening during the whole COVID pandemic during you know, the earlier time 2020, 2021. And, and I remember, uh, personally, when you asked me to help support you and get involved with this, and you were putting the series together, um, you were going to do a live streaming of one of the games out in Temecula. And I had just worked, I had promised you I was coming. And I had just worked a 14 hour day on a movie set. Um, and I was exhausted overnight, I, I have to mention overnight. And so after 14 hours, I drove two hours to Temecula uh, and then watched you guys as you put on this game and live stream this game with these young women. And I had never been to a, a, a young women's softball thing and it was during COVID. And I just was blown away, Lou, by you, by everybody, one by the, the the leadership, the courage, the uh, how great they were playing. I was like, God, I didn't play that good when I was a kid. You know, I had nowhere close. I mean, these were real pro uh, uh, softball players, these young women, and just so determined and so passionate. And they just, it was so inspiring. And I had, I ended up doing a 22 hour day before I finally got to go to sleep, you know, but I didn't, I had so much adrenaline going through me and they just raised the adrenaline level just watching them. So I'm going to play this little. Uh, Short trailer that you put together And then you can come back and talk about it
1: Before you do can I do a couple Things of course Um, so Game ready started I have to say this probably Went back to My kid was probably 14 years old When I started trying to develop The series talking to him And it just never happened it took probably About three years after I Started probably communicating with these Coaches and talent um, To finally get The cameras rolling and Game Ready Series actually was filmed in around 2019, 2018, 19 area. When you came out, it was actually a whole showcase that we were doing with okay. cameras because of the lockdowns. But it was with the same, almost the same organizations that had supported from back, back 2014, 2015, <laughs> 2016. So it just carried on to those process. But again, it's, it's a testimony to what these coaches are doing uh, and support to these girls for you to see the talent that you've seen as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: so I'll play this and then uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit further about that and then lead into the next thing that you're working on right now. So here we go. Let's get more aggressive to the ball.
1: We're all kind of pausing here. I was prepared that it was going to be hard. As the season progressed, you learn that it's a lot harder than you think.
0: And you're going the wrong way. No, dang it. I've had a lot of Bad experiences where uh, we might have lost the game because of something that I've done. The girl to hit the ball now. Is it second? You gotta make a cutable throw.
1: Not only was I not on Mike's team, my parents were getting a divorce. I don't need one foot on the
0: dock and one foot in the boat. I need a commitment.
1: I've had like high expectations to meet, so I just
0: want to but please. Your ass all year for this watch time, out, not to get lazy. Definitely
1: there. rough. A lot of people yeah, think that, that it's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> to have someone that is close to you and supporting you um, doing the opposite. What would you give the, pay, the pain on the scale, one to 10? Like a seven. So it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, so this that was uh, season one. You can watch it on uh, YouTube. But like you started that, uh, once again, um, And what I just want to stress is that, and then you continued the on. It wasn't the exact same series, but you continued working with these girls during the pandemic and playing the games, and because they were still struggling to go uh, to get to college, like you meant to get scholarships and. The pandemic made it even harder it was hard enough like you said the two percent to be able to get that uh, opportunity and then the pandemic was trying to shut down so much of that and and these kids and their families continued to fight through that and continue to play and continue to struggle to succeed so it was just um very inspiring to be there in person and watch that level of inspiration and passion among these kids and their parents to overcome whatever life was throwing at them, and they did it. Um, so, and to you for setting it up and not giving up and continuing to say, let's go, let's go, let's make it happen. So share share a little bit more, and then we're gonna move into what your latest effort is as well.
1: Well, you know, again, during the pandemic was very, very difficult as we know, you know, and there was a lot of confusion, uh, a lot of disappointments, a lot of things that happened during a time, uh, but regardless, you know, when, these kids have are, are been competing for so many years. And this was their moment to try to continue to allow a college coach to see them because at the time, nobody could come out, could travel in person um, at these locations, any location to come see in person. So the only way we could do it was do live streaming. And so uh, I remember when they asked about doing live streaming, I said, well, if we're gonna do live streaming, let's do it. You know, let let's do it. And so I think at one point we had eight cameras eight cameras with replays and all those, all the, all the pieces that goes with it to make it happen. And so, um, I'm certainly no live streaming expert, but being in the production world, I just knew if we're going to put anything out there, let's go a hundred percent. And so it was something I was committed to do and say, yes, let's do this. And then I'll figure out the issues I need to deal <laughs> with after I hung up the phone, you know, what's the problems we need to solve, you know? Um, And so again, though, it's who came out again, Richard Martin, you came out. And again, it's, it's the consistency of doing for others. I think what just helps drive all this job. I, I, I just, you know, I think learning as we continue to learn about ourselves and just take those chances. And that's what I, I just knew again, people have supported Lou and so If there was an opportunity to serve to help these kids out, let's do it. Let's do it unconditional and let's do it the best to our abilities and not take any shortcuts, whether it was two hours away from Orange County and you drove out again, you drove out. you had a 14 hour day on set and you came out to way out there. And it's not like you were going to take a camera. You know, you didn't have to do that. (laughs) You could have just played a phone, asked a phone call. Hey Lou, how's it going? (laughs) <laughs> but it goes it goes to your effort of who you are. And I think as a testament, to see what these girls do, it just be silly for us, for me, if there's an opportunity to take them to that next level, to just offer another open door, to cl- leave it closed. And so that's where that began with the whole live streaming things. And as the pandemic came down, came around, and again, I got a couple calls from a couple college coaches to say, hey, Lou, um, you know, we need to do something for these athletes, these college athletes. And um, mentally, uh, there's, there's some hardships, some hard times some of them are going through with these lockdowns and not be able to get out and play. Can we do something? Can we create something in the summer in California? There's nothing out here for these, for these players to do. And I said, absolutely. Hung up the phone, and I really just said, "Oh my goodness!" I just hung up the phone. We're in lockdowns. I have no field. <laughs> I have nothing. And I said, "Yes," and we're in April, and we're supposed to do this in two months. How is that going to happen? So, um, but it happened. It did you happen.
0: Know, it happened. A testimony to your 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 courage, but also your uh, make it happen attitude. That you know, you, you you didn't know how. You didn't know how you were going to do it. But you you committed. You made a decision. You said, I got to step up. I got to lead. I got to do it. And then you found the way. And even watching you when I was there running the live streaming, it was, man, so many moving pieces. And, and the thing was that things were going wrong and things were getting challenging. But you were like solving it, solving it and making the best of it because your, your uh, vision, Lou was bigger than the little things your vision was what what are you creating for these girls what are you creating for their future what are you uh inspiring them for and that's what was coming across and so you know i i I'm much props to you man for, for for what you did especially during that time but all the way through
1: well you know it, it, going back john when when you brought me as a stunt coordinator you didn't really know me you know and so so you took a shot you trusted that i would do a good job and so i have never forgotten that you know uh, at the same time i know if i step foot somebody believes in me I, there's there's nothing short of 110 percent because that's right. just what it is um and preparation is everything and that's one thing that i've learned from a lot of some producers coming up say hey luke preparation is everything preparation is everything remember that That's number one thing and so i never forgot that i never forgot that from some of the stunt coordinator friends uh and i'm going to mention them out you know dennis madalone mark party and And some of these James Arnett, these are some of the guys that I've known for a number of years and have supported me as well. You know, so I'm very thankful for them. Um, But I think at the end of the day is, is, is um, what I wanted to do, knowing what the sport is, even our industry, right? The mental aspects of our, of our business, just that mental, mental strength, right? Um, As far as what we do in our career, but also what I wanted to do for this new summer league program that started in 21 was our first season, uh, 22 this summer was our second, and now we're going to approach our third season this coming summer, was something that I wanted to start with a mental approach of why am I having a summer program as opposed to just, just just put a field, then go play, right? I wanted something a little bit more was, and that's the same thing I I threw to them in the very first year was what was asked of me. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? I wanted them to understand themselves more when they play softball. And there's just so many different pieces we can go into this of what a college expectation is as a college athlete and, and what are their expectations playing at that particular sport, right? So as a sport itself, I wanted to offer different things a place where they go in and just take a deep breath and enjoy the game they play a place where they can go know who they are a place where they can build themselves mentally, spiritually, and also physically. So it's a lot of things I wanted to do by just, Hey, let's have a softball field. Let's play games. And let's just go for it. You know, I wanted to kind of break it down a little more to what is it are we really doing the summer league? Is it just games or when they walk in and the minute they walk out, are they better than when they walked in mentally, physically, spiritually? Can we, can we push that button to allow, to create that foundation, not only for here, but for a lifelong lesson, a lifelong situation? So that's how the, the, the league really was founded on.
0: Well, you know, as you know so well, I mean, sports is such a powerful thing in in the development of young people. And I know even in my life, I didn't play organized sports except for like one eve, uh, one night um, uh, season on a basketball team. But I played street ball. I dropped out of high school when I was fifteen. So, but those two things, sports, basketball, and and two years of kung fu, basically gave me the gift to go down the right path instead of the wrong path. A lot of my friends ended up in jail, heroin, addiction, all kinds of things. But for me, playing basketball and doing Kung Fu gave me uh, a mentality, a mindset, uh, all kinds of things that made me who I am today, made me a leader. If it wasn't for those two things, I would have been a different person. Um, And now organized sports even takes it to a much better level and gives you so much more because you're being coached. You're, you're you're being you're playing team you you all those things that you know why you created this uh this league so I, I and then especially for young women it's such a powerful thing during going through that period but you know having done all you did so far with game ready then you took it and just recently took it to another level so that you could even make it more effective and you formed a nonprofit so tell us a little bit about that and and start taking us through the uh, new thing and I'm gonna play one more video of the the 2023 coming up uh, Summer League that you're uh, putting together that goes along with that nonprofit. But it is so important what you're doing, touching these young women's lives. And it's not about just sports. It's about everything, leadership, career, uh, future, you name it. You're giving them all those skill sets that's going to make them successful in life. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, this again, I know I touched base a little bit on it, but this came really, I I was standing in a in a hotel room uh, overlooking Oregon State softball field on uh, the 21 season. I think it might have been in March, maybe April. And I was talking to her college uh, softball coach, and she was basically saying, say, hey, we, we're, there's, there's some of our kids that we're seeing around Orange County, some of the programs going through depression. There is, um, they're just not themselves with the pandemic we need to create a, a program Can we do this. And, and um, you know, after we finished the conversation, that's when it started, I said, yes. And so at that point, and that's where I kind of say, okay, this is, this is great, but what are we, like, what, what are we doing? And that, that goes back to, and that's one of the big things when we start doing prepping for a film, right? We start looking into, okay, what, what are we doing? What's the stunt scene? What, how is it going to work? How much money we have? <laughs> What <laughs> does the director want? Producer, what how do you do this? All those pieces that goes with that. So I kind of went into that mode. I kind of say, well, what if we're gonna if I'm gonna create something and do something, can I put 150% energy knowing that if I start, I'm not gonna stop? You know, and that was a big thing. I was like, what is that foundation? And softball has been great. Let me go back. Softball has been great. With, um, with the ratings, uh, with the fanfare. It has certainly done a tremendous positive thing in the marketplace today. And it starts back from very young. It starts from all those travel coaches. It starts from all those things that built and helped these kids out to get them where they want to be. But with that as well comes a mental understanding at the college level. Can they handle the pressures of the game at that college level? Okay? Academics... Things that happen off the field, on the field itself, and so I wanted to create that other piece as well, where during summer they can come out here, whether they're a freshman or a senior, they can compete but understand themselves on a the mental side. How do you deal with pressure? How do you handle those things? You know, um, even technical things as far as you know, you're you're at the plate, those type of things, or defensive things as well. So. We offered all those type of things to be able to help them grow uh, on the mental side. And so it started that, but I wanted to come up with a slogan as well, just to get them to kind of just take a deep breath and slow some things down. Oh, let me show you real quick here. So this is what I did. This is the back of our shirts, the little things. So this is this is something that we put in the back of our shirts, just for them to them understand, what are the little things are you doing for you to be the best student athlete you can be when you're at college. What are those distractions? Where are the moments are you present every single day of practice or to play at the games? So those are some of the things that we do during summer. And uh, and what's been incredible from season one, we've had these players come back for season two. We've even had some players that graduated college and ask, hey, can I still play? I want to still play. For you guys it's been so much fun Um, and so you hope like every movie you hope it's success you hope it's received well Um, and I have to say it's it's gone very very well of what we're doing and but again this comes with support this comes from people who believed in what this was and what's great about it we've I've, I've seen kids from they were 10 years old playing in the city league. Now they're in college and I've seen them over summertime. So just seeing familiar faces as well from nine, 10 years old with their parents showing up and their kids are 20 years old. Now it's been truly, truly fascinating uh, for this approach. So the nonprofit came into existence this year. Uh, we got approved for nonprofit status and however good this is with, are uh, creating the softball league and the summer league, there's expenses and it just costs a lot of money. And did not, I did not want to put this cost to the student athlete. I didn't want to do it and I'm not going to do it. Um, They've gone through a lot, their families have gone through a lot to get to a college. And so I just didn't think that was the right thing to do. And the fields cost thousands of dollars insurance and balls and all those things, uniforms, they, they cost. And so we had to create basically a nonprofit with the hopes of getting donations and getting sponsorships to be able to roll out the red carpet for these mm-hmm. athletes because they truly deserve it. And um, and so that's the, that's the goal.
0: So I'm going to play this video about, and so you, you have, you created the nonprofit You're looking at uh, having a season uh, potentially with eight teams this summer, a summer uh, league with eight teams. And you're looking at uh, getting sponsorships and donations to be able to make it so it's not on the backs of the kids and their families. So that's the uh, goal. And once again, one of the things you said twice now, the first time when you started this and the second time is you said yes. And that's where it all starts you say yes to something, even though you don't know how you're gonna do it, you don't know how it's gonna work out, but you start with yes, and then you go for it and you figure it out. And so that's to your credit to do that. So I'm gonna play this video and then we'll talk a little bit about how people can help with referrals, uh, connections for sponsorships, any way that people can. And uh, let let me just play this video for the upcoming uh, season.
1: It wasn't long ago when we dreamed of playing college softball. Discovering our capabilities at an early age to embrace challenges. For today's brave new world with a fearless attitude, enabling us to empower others. As doctors, marketing experts, teachers to community leaders, this is The League. I love to compete. I am in love with the sport. I've been playing my whole life. My- Master's degree like I Because I want to become a nurse. Up at sunrise, blood, sweat, and tears in the game that we play. Trained more than 10 years for this college degree. Want to keep our game alive. Sun is gone now, no more games to play. You can turn dreams into a reality. Together? Together!
0: Together! Together! Together. We can make a difference. Wow. Very cool, cool, cool video, man. And you're right. Join the team um, support game, I'm going to put up the places that can, people can contact you, reach out. Uh, I'm, I'm involved. I, I just have to, you know, uh, mention um, as a, 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 Lou asked me to be on the board as well. So I am on the board of the nonprofit. So thank you, Lou. And I'm um, there to help support this. So whatever we can do to kind of, you know, get uh sponsorship, whether it's from a, Sports or apparel companies, or any kind of company that wants to help um, provide l- these women with the opportunities to become leaders in in not just sports, but in all aspects of their life in the future. And this is a chance to be part of the team and be able to create that. So why don't you take it from there? Tell me what people can do, what else they can do, obviously, and we'll put up your contact information as we uh, close out the show. Where people can reach you, people can reach me. I'll connect them with you as well. But go ahead, uh, take it from there and, and see what else people can do.
1: One thing I want people to to understand is what we're doing as well. Um, you've heard a little bourbon video of you know wanting to be a doctor, wanting to be you know marketing and lawyer and all, all these things. So one of the things that we're doing is we're we're taking the student athlete and their major and what they graduate. We're trying to connect them to a resource to a company. That they're looking to further their to get into a career. So that's one of the things that we're looking to do is connect a student athlete with their job opportunity for career opportunity, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's a a sports marketing, uh hospitality, whatever it may be, that's one of the things we're looking to connect. And as a student athlete, uh, I have to tell you, there's they all they know is how to work hard, you know, from 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 weightlifting at 6 a.m you know, to doing the homework till midnight. That's that's the life of a student athlete, what they go through for these four years, and then even someone to go into graduate. So um, so I want them to have a clear understanding of what they're getting. As a softball player, you're also getting the whole family. That's the sponsor situation that comes with that. Um, but, hey, you know, we're, as far as sponsorship donations, you can go to our website. Uh, you can, my email is there. It's gamereadyenterprises.com. Um, we are always looking for donations for uh, softballs. Um, obviously, the field rental cost is extreme. Uh, it goes anywhere from 4000 to $18,000, and that's, those are different locations. Um, you know, There is uniform costs, those are some of the things anybody who wants to contact me and wants to support, which obviously we can have a conversation about that. Um, Uh, live stream is is obviously very important for us that we want to do uh there's a lot of kids looking to transfer and they're getting a transfer portal so to showcase them to all the colors coaches you know we have to have cameras rolling and obviously we want them to be professional so uh with their with respect
0: for them um so those are some of the things there um did i answer your questions there John? I, I think you did. So once again, GameReadyEnterprises.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put up the, the thing once again, just so you can see it right here. This is where you can go on YouTube, Game Ready Enterprises. You can go to the website, which is GameReadyEnterprises.com. You can check it out. Uh, Lou uh, C. Simon, uh, Louis C. Simon on Facebook. And you can also check out uh, on Twitter. So you have that way. But um, definitely reach out. And, and once again, you know, to sum it all up, here's... Uh, um, a way, I I love the slogan of the t-shirt, the little things, it's reminding, uh, and it's not just for them, it's for all of us, it's those little things in life that make us better, make us greater, make us uh, live up to our potential as to what we can be. It's putting in the work and doing that. And I think the inspiration of these young women is an inspiration for all of us and you're you're creating that path for them with this nonprofit. So if anybody has contacts, referrals, anything that they, you know, can do, reach out to Lou, reach out to me, Um, please share that stuff. So we can, um, A, it's, it's, you know, this year is the summer league, but there'll be more stuff. That's the beginning. And obviously Lou has been at this for uh, a long time now, and he just keeps on overcoming uh, the challenges, man. With,
1: with game ready, you know, we're we're talking to some companies about looking to create a season two with the game ready with the reality series. We've had some, a uh, foreign production company out of London that's looking to take this internationally as well. Um, they've been very interested about some buyers. So we are not um, always looking to game ready to do things game ready, whether it's the game ready or take our league, the league here and create a game ready series out of that one as well. So uh, any questions you have about student athletes, what softball is all about, for those that don't know what softball, I'll be glad to talk to them about it and what these student athletes are all about. Um, you know, there's one some of our uh, some of our players right there from one of our teams, integrity. In fact, our names of our teams are integrity, leadership, fearless, empower. Those are some of the some of the uh, names of our teams. And so, again, it starts with that foundation, right? And so, I want them to continually be inspired. Every one of these players, and they have what it takes to believe in themselves. You know, be fearless. You know, and do with integrity, right? Um, the leadership that they presume as well that they have Uh, so now with everything we've gone through in this hour john um, some people may think wow he just does this without you know any fear trust me it's scary you (laughs) know because it's it's it's, it's (laughs) the unknown and that's you know people that's the thing when people are watching games where there's football everybody has butterflies you know everybody Of course, wants to go through a whole journey of just unblemished un you know, no issues. But understand the issues that you have, you know, falling down, getting up, getting scraped up a little bit. It's just going to make you tougher. You're just going to learn from those things. And just don't be afraid to like not knowing of not having all the answers in front of you because you're not going to have all the answers in front of you. And you never will. And that's okay, but that's where you start chipping away at it, you know? Yes, it's scary. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely. Going to season three, there's a lot of things I want to accomplish, a lot of things we want to accomplish, you know, and, and we will. Things will happen the way it's supposed to happen, but we just can't stop.
0: And, you know, with that is, like you said, it, you know, sports is such a great metaphor for life in so many different ways, because like you said, you fall down, you get scraped, you get back up. Yeah, of course you have fear, but you do it anyway. You do it in the face of the fear, not that you don't have any fear. And, you know, the, the thing is, you know, you win some, you lose some. And when you lose, that just makes you more determined to play harder, to learn, to do the little things so you're better so that you win next time. You know, and at the end of the day, the one thing you don't do is you never give up. You just never give up. And that's, I think that's a testimony. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all this stuff, your journey, Lou, and what you're doing. And I hope uh, we can find a way to support this even further, but that's what it's about. You've been somebody who hasn't given up and you continue to find a way and overcome whatever challenges that get thrown at you. So uh, I'm honored and I'm blessed to call you my brother and have you part of this. So thank you uh, so much for being part of the show. Anything you, any final thoughts you want to, um, uh finish up with
1: uh you know i just want to thank for all those out there who are who are living their lives courageously I, I when we're dealing with sports here i just want to thank uh all those coaches out there you know from the east coast to the west coast who are out there continually helping these girls uh you know getting it to college with their training just i know sometimes the jobs that they do isn't uh as is a thankless job half the time and don't get that but you know, people are seeing you and please understand that, you know, all the hundreds and thousands of kids you guys put in the college, it's, it's received. And no one has forgotten that. Um, John Duffy, thank you for your support. You know, people like you and Pavlina, who a uh, producer friend of mine out there in Georgia, uh, to Mark Riccardi, to Terry Leonard, these individuals who have supported me as well. Uh, it's I'm very humbled by it. So, John, you've gone through some craziness. <laughs> um, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't meant to be. So I've seen your journey as well. And I'm encouraged by what you do as well. So always know that um, what you do and what you say and your actions is feeding off from you to me as well. So and I appreciate that. So
0: well, I appreciate uh, that. And and also a shout out to the other board members who I just met recently, uh, Stephen Burnett and, and Vanessa as well, who are making this happen. So just a shout out to them. And. Uh basically, once again, everybody, I'm going to put up, uh, thank you, Lou. Thank you, everybody who's watched this live and everybody who's going to watch it on replay. You can watch it on the, my YouTube channel, John Duffy Live Courageously. And I think both of us, you know, encourage you never give up, uh, live courageously in your life and uh, look forward to if I don't know you and you're not coming on one of my next shows, meeting you and then bringing you on another show. So uh, live your life with courage. And uh, thank you, Lou. And you have a fantastic, and look forward to making this happen. Come Again. out and see us. Come out and see us this summer. You're gonna love it. Come out and see us. Indeed. Right. And, and you don't need to do a 14 hour to get there. I'm just saying. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Look us up. Come see us. I guarantee you'll have a blast. So think of it. It's like a college all star all star games.
0: Oh, you're so, gonna be yeah. you'd be blown away. It's it, it's some of the most amazing, exciting sports stuff you can imagine. All right, Lou. Have a great, uh, fantastic to helping you take care brother Bye. bye-bye okay everybody i'm going to put up the uh, information for lou right here this is where you can reach him uh game ready enterprises on youtube To uh, you can also watch the um series of game ready that he did previously and hopefully we'll have another season coming up this year the summer league the league um the original south southern california Collegiate Softball League for Women. And you can check that out at GameReadyEnterprises.com. All right. Thank you, everybody. Here's my information. You can reach me on the YouTube, Live Courageously with John Duffy. You can obviously find me on Facebook, uh, Duffy Square. You can find me on Instagram, Duffy Square Film, or Duffy Square on um, Facebook and Duffy Square Film on Instagram. And I'll be doing a lot. Um, This is the first show of this year. I've done 15 last year. I look forward I got. A list of 40 to 50 friends who are just amazing people that I look forward to interviewing this year and then even building upon that. So uh, as we I finish up the show, thank you, everybody who's watched. And I just challenge you to uh, uh, choose faith over fear and live courageously in 2023. See you soon.